Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The Crisis in Children's Disability Service will be the focus of the national protest which is taking place today and Families Unite for Services and Support will hold a demonstration in Dublin, Cork, Enniscorthy and Wixford or it's being held as we speak and it will call on the HSE to address a failed rollout of progressive disability services which FUSS says is having a catastrophic effect on children. And to talk to me a little bit more about it is Leslie Ann O'Brien, who's from Help Our Children Ireland, and she joins me as well. She's protesting outside at the moment as we speak. Good afternoon to you, Leslie Ann. Good afternoon, Noel. Thanks for having me on. And before we start, can I just say, uh, can I commend you and many mothers and fathers across the country who are going it alone because unfortunately the government is failing every single, each and every single one of you when it comes to looking after your children. I know you've two children yourselves with disabilities as well. But the reason I suppose you're out there today, um, what is it exactly for people listening today that you believe or where do you believe the government are failing? Absolutely, no. Sorry. Um, yeah, look, they are failing on the three main things for our children we look for when we children with disabilities or any additional need is care, physiotherapy, speech and language therapy, occupational therapy. And we, like, I mean, there's, been, there's a thing called progressive disability services, and that's been, they've been trying to do that for the last over a year and a half. But the one thing was, and I'm speaking from my experience, my children were with an organisation. And before they were moved over to a community organisation, they were signed off, the ones that were the ones that were their caregivers. Now, who in the right mind thought, this up inside Leinster House to say, right, fair enough, we're moving on to progressive, progressive disability services, but let's sign them off everywhere first and then wait for clinicians and therapists to come along. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, my son has not had an ounce of physiotherapy in a year and a half. Oh my. Because the, the there's nobody for him in this in this new um, new clinic. Now to clarify, your, your son has cerebral palsy. My son has cerebral palsy. Yeah. And he is he is eleven now. Yeah. He's diagnosed at seven. Wait, he spent seven seven years of his little life waiting on waiting list to be diagnosed with this with this diagnosis. Yeah. So he's sent all around the houses for all this, but that's another story. But the, but, so, uh, but as you said, the, the thera- physiotherapy that he gets is essential for his well being. Essential, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he has regressed so much during COVID, and we all know every child has, but. To now we're about all about everything is back up and running. They've decided to change everything now, and they cannot find enough therapists, enough clinicians to basically run these clinics. And I just don't understand. Maybe they should have just left it as it was until they reduced the waiting list significantly before they start change anything. Well, there was two things in that sense that you said, which was talking about the waiting list. Now, you're also calling for an immediate outsourcing of assessments to tackle uh, the assessment of need or the AON wait list, which is basically mm. those who need to be prioritised. And mm. that goes hand in hand, of course, with a commitment or a time frame for the return of all therapists to special schools. So are we still missing a lot of therapists in special schools due to COVID? Is there still people who are not back in work yet or oh, are not absolutely. catching up on the waiting lists? A lot of them, a lot of them have gone to the private sector. Because they feel themselves that to work within the HSE is a toxic environment and to basically it's too paper heavy for them. They're met with constantly with angry parents all the time. 
they just they don't want to do it and and you know what it serves them better to work in the private sector because they do go do their job and at the end of the day you know they're done whereas mm-hmm. within the hsc they don't want to they've moved countries moved across to australia we have very few of them because they won't work in the toxic hsc environment now, well, the HSE has certainly come across a lot of criticism. I know Anne Rabbit uh, was almost blocked out of getting information from the HSE over the last few weeks. Now, Anne is supposed to come back into us again very shortly mm. uh, in relation to a catch-up. We spoke to her here in the studio about six months ago, or, well, sorry, six weeks ago, in relation to uh, the services that should be available. Now, of course, at that time, there was the whole story about CAMS as well and what was going yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in relation to the services for your child, now, okay, so the other things that you're demanding as well is, you know, you've called for the issue of access to personalised budgets for respite care uh, to yeah. be addressed. Now, are you getting respite? Uh, how much are you meant to get and what are you actually getting? We don't We don't get respite care in our house because our children, obviously, you know, aren't as severe as, as other, well, that's what we're told. Yeah. And, and, and to basically put a severity kind of level on children, I think it's an absolute disgrace anyway. Mm-hmm. I was given a few hours of home support and because there was nobody available to come in the morning time, because my daughter who, Sienna, who's four, who has cerebral palsy also, she was starting play school and they had nobody to give me in the afternoon to come and give me that two hours that I need to spend with my other children because Sienna has four siblings, mm-hmm. you know, and and we're not given that. We're not given respite care, you know, and there's so many children. And by the way, respite is really important for those who think, oh, sure, respite care is just an excuse for someone else to look after your kids. Oh, it's God, not. No. It's for yeah. you to also focus on your other children on too. On our other children. Which is really important because I remember, you know, talking to somebody in relation to this and she had a child who needed 24-hour care. Now, obviously, in a much difficult, more difficult situation than yourself. But she said she had three other children and she felt throughout the child's life, sadly, he passed away when he was 17 or 18 years of age, but throughout his life, she felt like she said I felt so bad because I actually neglected my other children Yeah, and, 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 and I never wanted thing. to do that and this is the thing Niall we also took our daughter over to the US in November we spent a whole year fundraising and we said myself my par- partner and Sienna spent five weeks in the US and my mother looked after the four children and I had this overwhelming feeling of guilt and everything else that comes with that because we had left them for the, for the five weeks and that, know, that should be the furthest away from the way you should be feeling because what you're absolutely. doing is the most selfless thing in the world, which is, yeah. you know, giving your time up for your daughter. Yeah. 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 And that's what we did, you know. And like we did this because we knew there was nothing for Sienna in this country. Sienna was left in a wheelchair. She would have been left in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. I did my research. I was thinking outside the box. We fundraised money. We brought her to an amazing surgeon, surgeon in America who did a specific operation, freed up all her muscles and built her body back up again for the extra four weeks we were there. And now she can walk. Now she does not have to rely isn't on adult services. Isn't that wonderful, service. isn't it? It's an I mean, why, and why, I don't know why we can't have those services here. Really and truly, well, and we're not valuing yeah. people at all, children as well, in this country. But getting back to the protest today, are there many there? There was absolutely loads there. There were so many mothers and fathers there holding up pictures of their children. They came with empty buggies basically to show government that our children are in, invisible. Um, you know, so many parents, fathers spoke, you know, with tears in their eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know one father spoke and he said, what is going to happen to my child when I die? You know, and it was so powerful because that's what we're worried about. Who will help them? There's also talking about young young adults being put into nursing homes and put in a nappy because there's, when, when, when their family die. You know, that's not what we want for our children. Let's set them up now 
for a better future so they don't have to rely heavily on adult services and that's all we're asking for. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the photograph here. There's one person holding up a banner. My boys are failed and neglected yeah. by the state, uh, by the HSE, should I say, and then I, I'm assuming you're in some of these photographs, by the way. I Lester. probably am. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm in the background of everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And somebody else, a big banner there, the HSE, a neglectful parent, uh, yeah. no accountability, 3.5 uh, million on children's disability, 1.2 million on legal costs since 2018, 79% receiving no services. Uh, I see that very, uh, certainly very, uh, those posters certainly bring it home to everybody who's looking at them and, and people re- yeah. exactly know exactly what you're looking for. But getting back just briefly to the schools, by the way, in relation to the schools, uh, in relation to SNAs and services that are available in the schools, where are we now at that? Do you think, are we back to where we were pre-COVID or are we close to we are We were kind of back to where we were pre-COVID and then some, you know what I mean? Mm. Because what's happening is SNAs, I'm sure an awful lot of SNAs have left because the workload is too much for them. You know, there's, pe- there's children with needs that are thrown into a unit in the schools and just contained in classrooms. They're not being given the education they deserve. There's children, there's parents fighting for school places for children that that will, will meet their needs, not just thrown into a classroom and just being kind of looked after for the day. They don't want babysitters. They want adequate places for their children. And there's parents up and down the country fighting and fighting the, the education system for their child. And to be quite honest with you, you know, um, they're looking for access for my daughter. She's starting place, or she's starting um, junior infants this year. And when they put in an application for an SNA, we're not guaranteed she has an SNA. You know, although she can walk, but she's, you know, she needs help toileting. She needs help. Of course, but, she needs assistance. But a lot yeah. of children have to share SNAs, which yeah. isn't good enough. You no. know, and and also they need to incorporate some of the therapies within their school day. It would be so much easier in the health system if they were to put a speech and language therapist in a room with the SNA and incorporate everything in together because that will kind of ease up the strain on the health. Well, see, you know what, Leslie-Anne, you're, you're speaking logically there, but we don't really have joined up thinking when it comes to these kind of things because, mm. unfortunately, people who are at the top and make the decisions don't have two children who have special needs or have a disability, so they don't yeah. really understand the ramifications of their own decisions. But yeah, look, absolutely. you guys are doing a wonderful job. I hope you get everything that you're looking for. And I know there's a lot of different organisations are involved in this, including National Autism Charity, as I am, are out there as well. Inclusion Ireland, Family Carers Ireland, they're all out there today day and uh, I hope you get lots of support if any, are you still all there by the way? We are in Boswell's having a coffee drying ourselves off because we got absolutely saturated. I, I know, it's pissing <laughs> We're hanging our jackets on the back, our, our coats on the back of the spires and rads and everything. God love them. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, Leslie-Anne. Been a little bit of a washout, but however you've made uh, a point. Look, we made our point and, and we'll come back next week if we have to. And Leslie-Anne, I shall mention your name and raise your issues with Anne Rabbit when we have her back on the air in a couple of weeks' absolutely. time. All right, brilliant. Thanks so All much, right. Niall. All right, thank Take you care. very much indeed. All right, there Bye. you go. Leslie-Anne O'Brien, help our Children Ireland protest crisis in children's disability services out there protesting today and fair play to people that's what it's about isn't it you get up you stand up for your rights and for your children's rights wonderful woman real people real opinions real talk radio the multi-award winning Niall Boylan show